All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Okay, uh, let's begin with a clink. Tell the people what happened. I pulled the engagement ring out of the box <laughs> and put it on my fiance's you, yeah. hand. Right. Because she, she said yes. She is now your fiance. She is now my fiance, and I know her by no other name. Right. <laughs> fiance is an ugly, weird, pretentious term. Just fiance. Do you feel weird saying fiance? I do, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks, man. That's terrific. Yeah. Were you going to say I pulled the trigger and then you stopped yourself because you realized that's a very it's probably thing not, to say? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been saying pull the trigger a lot on I have a friend who got engaged a couple months ago and that's how he told us. <laughs> Guys, I pulled the trigger. Really? Yeah, we knew what he meant. So that's just like a thing that apparently dudes say to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I say that like probably five times a day just in relation to five different things like it's just hey, funny to you want to pull the trigger on lunch <laughs> just any old thing yeah <laughs> uh can you pull the trigger and hand me that stapler please <laughs> okay yeah well not that as much but. uh well that's good i don't know why you're using uh gun metaphors for your your nuptials but i'm happy it's for gonna you. be a shotgun wedding <laughs> uh and it's not a shotgun wedding there's no baby <laughs> not to my knowledge no all right okay. i i that Wholesome. would be a that would be a shocker it would for sure uh, who who was shocked? Was Jen shocked? Yes, she was. It was super Jen, shocked. by the way. Yes, yeah. Jen <laughs> was the one that I proposed to. Right, naturally. Yep, that was a good call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and uh, yes, I think she was shocked. She said I was being really weird all day. I actually made like a playlist for the day, and, and was, you would never do that normally. No, and I was well. I, here's the thing: I probably would, but the songs very quickly went from like Drake, like two Drake songs, into like the Avid Brothers, which was like. <laughs> A super like but it was a little more upbeat and then it slowly got more lovey and then there was like like uh don't worry baby by the beach boys and like you know songs like that peppered in this sounds like a day. terrific playlist it was a, it's a very good playlist <laughs> for what it's worth it sounds like you and really I, set the mood and i just saved it as april 14th 2017 ah, okay. so i would be like oh that was the day we got engaged um but uh so and she was able to see that as as out of character for you they oh matt's being kind of weird and he's he's being all affectionate and romantic today uh yeah i think a little bit okay <laughs> um and then we kind of like went to halifax and hung out and went to her little cousin's hockey game and got coffee and kind of just wandered around and then we had another this was after brunch and then we had another dinner reservation uh at like four forty five. Right. This Mexican place, Antao. And then I uh, went back home, and that's where it happened. And now you have a fiance. Yes. You have a big old French fiance. She's not <laughs> French, but the word is French. She's not that big either. No, that's so true. <laughs> that's so true. I'm so a sorry. Big old fiance. I, I didn't mean it that way. I just meant symbolically the right. fiance is big. Yes. Ugh, what a hole I've dug for myself. Congratulations, Jen. She's never going to listen to this. Nope. Can you tell the people that you were planning Maybe on? Maybe posthumously for me, if anything. <laughs> One you day she'll almost be like, told us about it on the podcast. I was, I, yeah, I said like, I was so close to one day just being like, hey, I'm going to bring this up because Jen's never going <laughs> to listen to this. But uh, no, I kept it, kept it quite a secret. The only people I told were like at work. Yeah. 
someday you'll uh, you won't be afforded the luxury of of people keeping secrets the things you say on the podcast because the podcast will be so successful it'll blow up that somebody will inevitably reach mm-hmm. out to Jen and say. Slaney got you mm-hmm. Taylor Swift tickets. Once and, we pull the trigger on ring. this big, <laughs> on this the big scoop that we have. Well, we haven't even hit a hundred episodes yet. In no. our second hundred, that's where we're going to go sky high. Exactly. We're talking interviews with Leo DiCapi. We're talking. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking uh, uh, interviews with Lin Manuel Miranda. Okay. Maybe even some TV stars in there. Right. <laughs> You, you really picked two gonna, big ones. We're going to ask the movie stars about their favorite TV shows. Like getting Leo DiCapi would be like, I get for literally any interviewer in the world. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it would be huge. And like, this is my spare room, which is not even technically a bedroom. Mm-hmm. You'd have to sit on the bed. <laughs> there's, you'd have to sit with my, my bear. <laughs> and there's still Valentine's Day balloons hung on the wall. <laughs> that are entirely inflated and they've been up for like, two months those foil balloons man they last forever i guess so can you imagine what a weird situation it would be for like if you actually somehow harangued leo dicaprio if you tricked his manager into thinking our podcast was relevant and mattered and had an influence and he just like had to come over to my weird spare room and then he came over and would see these i love you balloons on the wall (laughs) like they were for him yeah go ahead have a seat on the bed (laughs) oh guys uh did i show you the link um it was actually posted on the Ringer, Bill Simmons Network, and it was a bracket, like a uh, like a playoff bracket yeah. for all of Leonardo DiCaprio's hats, okay, ball caps that he wears. All right, so he's he has no loyalty to any ball cap that he has ever worn, and there's seemingly no reason for any ball cap that he ever wears. I can't really picture him in a ball hat. I can see him in a flat cap. But no, like he, like he... he has like hundreds of ball caps. Are like snapbacks. Just like no, even like dad hats. Okay. Not really like flat brim and stuff. Mainly just like weird dad hats. Just plain ball are, hats. They're but they're not plain. They're they're of all like sports teams. Okay. But he wears opposing sports teams oh. all the time. Like he'll he'll wear like a a Boston Celtics hat, and then he would wear like an LA Lakers hat, and wear a UCLA hat, and then wear like an Alabama hat, and he's literally got like sixty different university teams that he has supported and no one can figure out what like this guy is trying to get to the bottom of it being like why did he ever get this hat like i understand why you would get a ucla hat but this is the weird it looks like he got it secondhand from someone maybe he just put it out there that he likes to wear ball hats so all these sports teams send him their hats maybe yeah like there it's it mentions like several times whether he's sponsored by lids or not Oh, that'd be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Not sponsored by a team, but specifically by Lids. A hat store. (laughs) Do they have hats at Lids that just say Lids on the front? (laughs) No, that would be great. It seems like the right promo item for them. You're totally right. I remember when Lids first came to Micmac Mall, I thought it was like the most insane thing ever. I went to a Lids a couple of weeks ago. I'm not really sure what brought me in there, but I just went in and I just felt so out of my element. Yeah. Plus, it's like any uh, store that specializes in sports memorabilia or sports stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just all Toronto Blue Jays. Like, like truly 92% of the hats in a Lids in Canada is Toronto Blue Blue Jays. And then there's like... The odd random hockey team. Yeah, like the whole fun in in going to a Lids should be a complete, like, they should have everything. A complete variety. They should, yeah. Finding a hat should be like a needle in a haystack there. Yeah, they should pull the trigger on getting some more 
variety in their pull hats. Pull that trigger. Pull the trigger. Did you see the clip uh, yesterday of Rob Lowe on Jimmy Kimmel? No, I heard about it though. Weird thing. I didn't see this clip. Can you can you explain it a little bit to me? Okay, so uh, Rob Lowe is in the new Super Troopers movie. Mm-hmm. And Becky and I Becky and I went to see Isle of Dogs the other day. How was it? It was really good. Is it out? Yes. It, Completely? Oh, it wasn't like a premiere or something? No, no, no. They had a, a, a minimal release like a month ago, and then they just went wide last week. Oh, awesome. Uh, really good. Really cool. Excellent. Very Wes Anderson-y. Funny? Uh, yeah, funny. And Great. dark, kind of. But oh, like, it's not a kid's movie, really, no. for an animated film. I believe that. Uh, it's good. Um, and they showed a trailer for Super Troopers 2, naturally. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any like affection for the original Super Troopers. No. Okay. So... I just I found it almost offensive as a Canadian. There's like all these like really cheap Canadian stereotypes and jokes in it. Yeah. Uh, but as it turns out, they have reverence for the Halifax explosion because Rob Lowe's character is named the Explosion. Okay. But he asked, "Could my character be named the Halifax Explosion?" Because he happens to be quite learned on the Halifax explosion. I think maybe he learned about it like back in like 2002 or whatever when he made the Christmas shoes here. Oh, okay. Uh, but like he, he, to use his words, he's obsessed with the Halifax explosion. Really? And so that was the clip they showed from the movie before yeah. he came out. And then Jimmy asked him to follow up. He's like, so that's a real event. He says, yeah, it's a real event. It happened in 1917. Uh, it was the second largest man-made uh uh, explosion. explosion in history only after Hiroshima. Yeah. The second largest natural harbor in the world. Second only after... Like, he said all kinds of factually correct stuff. Wow. It was cool. They talked about it for about three minutes. It it really is a, such an interesting topic, though. It like is. It's so funny. I, I drive by North End Dartmouth by where Jen's parents live. We drove by... And Your fiancé. Yeah, my fiancé. Yeah. My big old fiance. Yeah. <laughs> There's feels so bad. God. <laughs> there is a uh, this like huge piece of metal that's on the ground, but it's kind of like uh, it almost looks like the end of a cannon or something. Mm. And it's just on the ground, and there's a little plaque in front of it. And I drove by, and I was like, Jen, what is that? She was like, Well, that's a monument to the Halifax explosion. That was a piece oh. that flew off one of the ships wow. and flew so far up, yeah, into North End Dartmouth. Like it's like, like probably a couple kilometers up i kind of felt last december when we hit the centennial anniversary i kind of felt like it was talked about a lot that day Mm -hmm. but i kind of thought it could have been a bigger deal it's like the most iconic thing to happen in the east coast of canada totally ever yes and it's like we talk about it like just kind of like whatever yeah we know who vince coleman is thanks to heritage minutes i think that it's this is gonna sound weird when i say it but the halifax explosion needs like its own Schindler's List. It does. It needs a it, Steven Spielberg movie. It, it It's a crazy thing to yeah, have happened. Totally. And it could be covered in a very interesting way and it could get like a wide release. And exactly. And like there could be a really cheap TV movie. It probably does exist. Oh, I'm sure it does. I don't know if it's because it's a Canadian story they're not interested or yeah. if like Argo, they would have to Americanize it and make Americans the heroes somehow. Right. I, mean, I mean, Bostonians were in a way very heroic to yeah. us. We send them a Christmas tree every year as a thank you. Yeah, maybe that's No it. statute of limitations on that. We've been doing it for a hundred years. I guess it's going to keep going. Well, and, and Ben Affleck made Argo maybe as a Bostonian. He needs to make the Halifax Explosion movie. Yeah. Great director. Ben Explosion. Ben, it's on you, buddy. It is on you. But we've also talked because like, I think there's a little bit of backlash about how lightheartedly they were talking about the Halifax explosion. 
Yeah, there was a little bit. Maybe, maybe just in Halifax, obviously. But, I forget um, how that came up. Oh, you know what it was? What? When uh, it was the team, the sports team, they were going to call them the Halifax Explosions. Yes. Yes. Which we were okay with. We talked about this. I think it's fine. I really 101 do. 101 years later, it's kind of okay to be like, because it, it, it almost shows like um, a steadfastness and a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a perseverance. Yeah. Like we're still here. Right. Like. Even an explosion it's couldn't iconic. stop us. It's strong sounding. We withstood you an cannot, explosion. You cannot argue to me that anyone still alive is traumatized by the events of the Halifax explosion. No. If Because no one is still alive. No one's still alive <laughs> at all. I mean, maybe if you're 103 or something, but you don't remember. No. Uh, and I mean, maybe that's insensitive of me, but it's just like, I, I mean, a good example would be uh, there are how many sports teams called the Warriors? Right. And that's like glorifying something that's horrific and sure. deadly. Yeah. I, I think Halifax Explosions is probably apt. It makes more mm-hmm. sense than the fucking rain men or the <laughs> hurricanes. Or the um uh like the Redskins. Well, yeah. Something a lot more controversial. Didn't that... they change that though? No. Did they change just the logo guy? Oh, that was the no, Cleveland that... Indians. The Cleveland Indians did, yeah. Yeah. The Redskins, that's, so that remains a hate crime. Yes. The Chicago Blackhawks, they're sanctioned by the tribe. It's a little different. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think the Blackhawks get it as bad because it really is, I mean, I don't know. The what, logo what, itself does not, it looks much stronger and cooler and more respectful. Yes. Um, the Indians, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, I think there's less, there's an, an element of appropriation with all of these things because, sure. you know, sports teams are making millions off of, but yeah. In defense of a lot of these teams, they've just been around for like hundreds of years. At what point do you change it? And at what point do you? Yeah, I know. There is so many. Well, maybe not hundreds of years, but like at least 50 years. Yeah. 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 Longer than that in the case of at least some major league baseball teams, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Did you like SNL this weekend? I did. Yeah. I think, I think Mulaney kind of, this was a, a redemption episode. Okay. What does that mean? Not for him. Just for SNL. All right. They just haven't been super hot. You, you know, we've, we've talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. I th- it was a lot of pressure on this episode. People really wanted it to be a good one. Yeah. People were really rooting for him. Mm-hmm. The Lobster Les Mis sketch was spectacular. Yeah. That was like, he wrote that in 2010. Right. And it never got, got legs. Uh, and then the... Uh, and Pete Davidson just laughed so hard. He really it. did. So unreal. It was when he tried to wink at the camera over the Mean Girls joke and he didn't know how to wink. Right. Yeah. so awkward. And why was there a Mean Girls joke in there? Because Is... Tina Fey is a producer. Oh, probably. Gotcha. She's hosting the season finale, by the way. Right. Uh, Childish Gambino and Donald Glover next week. Such a stacked episode. Is that next week? I think it's like the week after. First weekend in May, I think. And then Amy Schumer. Yeah. And then, you know, I I started my day uh, today experiencing some negativity about Amy Schumer. And I've been guilty of negativity about Amy Schumer. I'm not Mm -hmm. a fan of her stand up. I don't think think that she's a plagiarist. There is some damning evidence to support that there is some parallel thinking out there. And in some cases, it looks very bad on Amy Schumer. But I don't think that she's a plagiarist. But... Uh, John Mulaney actually had Instagrammed the poster of her new movie, I Feel Pretty. I saw that. Uh, in promotion of it. And he said, uh, he called her his favorite comedian, which yeah. was, was, those were big words. He said, my favorite comedian and my friend Amy Schumer has this hilarious new movie. Check it out. And the comment section is just littered with uh, uh, cool comedy fans. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people who consider themselves like like really cool on their comedy knowledge. Right. And so that means you're not allowed to like... Amy Schumer. You have to imagine there's not a lot of overlap between people who go to see Amy Schumer shows and people who know who John Mulaney is, uh, yeah. or at least previous to 
these last couple of weeks. Right. And so it's all just people saying, John, I'm so disappointed in you. John, don't you know she stole your jokes, which is preposterous. Right. Do you think you're going to be the person who... And so he actually jumped into the fray and he said, no, she didn't. And here's why. Right. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, and then a lot of people speculating that he's getting paid to promote the movie, which oh. is bananas. What was, what was his explanation on here's why? Uh, it was like a timeline thing. Yeah, he just gave a, a timeline thing and explained right. about how they both had similar jokes. They both knew it, and it happened at the same time, and mm-hmm. neither one of them cared enough to to cut the joke from their act. Right. Um. Yeah, it's funny that I, I guess I don't really have that much of a thought on it. I'm not a huge fan of Amy Schumer. Me I'm neither. like, I'm like, I hope the movie's good because I'd like to ha- her to have another train wreck. That's what I feel like too, because like I don't want I don't want Trainwreck to be her peak, and then everything after that is just yeah. that horrific movie with Goldie Hawn. Right. Like I, I would like to see her do okay because I like Trainwreck. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I thought good. she was funny, and it's not just because it's full of other funny people. No, I think it is that a she's fully fine. Good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just like there's a lot of I think it's I think what it is is probably sexism, but it's it's people are so. Uh, uh, elitist but you don't have to like somebody it doesn't have to be like you don't you don't have to be disappointed in john mulaney for being friends with someone right that's ridiculous yeah um did uh, uh what was i gonna mention oh you know who i wasn't a fan of in saturday night live jack white i didn't really watch his performances it was like man i like i'm a huge white stripes fan and i've liked a lot of jack white albums but he's like one of the great this did nothing for him. rock and roll he's like one of the last real rock stars like yeah he and dave grohl and like a couple other guys are yeah. like the authentic like original rock uh spirit Personas, that exists in the yeah. younger man yeah definitely uh and he was really uh charming on jimmy fallon last week jack oh yeah yeah which i kind of wouldn't have expected of him right uh I know he was supposed to be in one sketch that got cut for time. Oh, really? That would have been kind of interesting that to see cool. if he had comedy chops. Did you notice Nassim Pedrad came back? Yes, that was great. I loved seeing her. I was such a big fan of hers, and I, I'm scared she's never really going to make it. She was on an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine this week. She played Jake's uh, sister, and she was really <laughs> oh, funny good. on that. Yeah. yeah. And but she's, she's only going to get jobs from SNL people. Yeah, which is a pretty wide swath of people, I guess. You know? I mean, she she was the girl in Mulaney's sitcom, so I guess I they're know. probably buddies. She he probably that's got what her that, I thought. Probably yeah. told her to come back, right? Uh, but obviously, that sitcom is not a springboard. <laughs> no, and yeah, and also, you know, th- someone had to play an Indian woman. It was kind of like a a, a person of uh, ethnic descent. Yeah, <laughs> and no one on the cast could really do that. And Does have Cecily okay. have any kind of? Uh... I don't know. I don't. I guess not. I think she has played like Melania before. I guess is just what I'm thinking. Like yeah, she's just kind of played like Mediterranean, right? Looking beauties, women. Yeah, yeah. Amazons, exactly. <laughs> before we move off as an SNL, I heard about this uh, movie today called Baby Nurse, which <laughs> sounds ridiculous. I don't know what it means. It might be terrible. It's the sequel to Baby Driver. Yeah, that would be really fun. <laughs> it should be Baby Nurse after he gets out of jail. He takes he a nursing a nurse. program. <laughs> And he only uh, administers uh, surgical supplies in the in the vehicle, like in like a yeah. And he has to be listening to his favorite playlist. <laughs> I'm wearing cool shades. Yes. No, it stars Colin Jost and Leslie Jones. Oh, baby nurse. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna. It's a TV show. No, it's like a movie. Uh, okay. I don't know if like Jost wrote it, but like I, I guess the two of them quite like each other. Really, Jost wrote that other movie. What was a Staten Island something yeah, that didn't go anywhere. Did you see it? I tried to watch it and I lost interest. Yeah, yeah. I 
I was kind of walking in and out of the room when one of my roommates was watching it a few years ago, and it did not capture my attention. No, or I, my I, imagination. I think it was trying to be a wet hot American summer. Yeah, with maybe like a little less absurdity, a little more feeling. Just was kind and of that. The yeah, mark. yeah, you're right. That's just how I perceived it. I could see that. What else you got? Um, not actually a whole lot that we haven't talked about already besides, uh, Carrie Elwes and Jake Busey joining Stranger Things. I'm so happy about this. Are you? Yes. The Princess Bride is my favorite movie of all time. Oh, and that's where I was kind of trying to figure out who is Carrie Elwes. Carrie Elwes. Yes. He's, he's Wesley. He is Wesley. Yeah. Was he also in Robin Hood Men in Tights? Yes. It's really, those are pretty kind of close together. They are too. Well, it, it, First was The Princess Bride, and then he kind of got typecast as the fantasy milieu right. parody movie guy. Right. Which is so great within like two years of each other. It's very niche. Last week on the Rewatchables, they did The Princess Bride. And oh, really? I thought I was going to love it so much, and I you found it so frustrating because yeah. they, they have not rewatched it as much as me. Right. <laughs> they were like, oh, I don't really know if the, what was that guy's name? They didn't know the movie well right. enough. It was disappointing. Oh, anyway, he's going to be on Stranger Things, and that's dope. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And Jake Busey, Gary Busey's son. Has he done other things? I don't think so. He's like a photographer. Okay. Maybe he's, I think he's done some acting stuff, but I have no idea what. Neither of us know him from anything. Are these characters going to die? Are they going to be (laughs) villains? Are they going to start a relationship with Winona Ryder and then maybe die? Be the hero? And then it'll be David Harbour at the end again, who's kind of like, hey, I'm still here. That's true. Anybody who dates... Winona Ryder either has to die a hero or mm-hmm. live long enough to see themselves become the villain. That's right. Because that's the only way uh, you could root for Sean Astin. He was just so lovely. Yep. But he was getting in the way of that Chief Hopper. That's right. And we will see what happens with Hopper. Yeah. Carrie Elwes on Stranger Things. I'm, I'm psyched about that. We talked a little while ago about how uh, George Clooney's producing a Catch-22 TV adaptation the Joseph Heller book. Yes. Right. Uh, and so Hugh Laurie's going to be in it mm-hmm. and George Clooney was going to star in it also. Mm-hmm. That's been shifted around a little bit. He's still going to produce the thing. It's still his project and he is still going to act in it, but in a smaller role and his previous lead role is going to Kyle Chandler. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. He's a good actor. Oh, I'm He's always a... down for more Kyle Chandler. Right. Yeah. And I bet he loves Kyle Chandler. Um, because I think Kyle Chandler's like a big, uh, a big baseball guy. What makes you say that? I think I remember John Hamm saying that he used to play baseball with Kyle Chandler and then another guy who's in the baseball playing world, uh, like outside of Rob Lowe and like all of those guys. Rob Lowe famously plays baseball? I'm, yes. I'm not up on this. There's like a bunch of famous, it was like, there's a, a whole baseball team of, it was like Charlie Sheen, Rob Lowe, maybe like Emilio Estevez and someone else. And they all grew, <laughs> they all played on like the same elite baseball team. Sean Penn? He might have been in there. He grew up with those guys. Oh, yes. Yeah. He could have played with them then. Yeah. I think he did. Um, what, and then, what a bunch of dickheads. Isn't it crazy? Not Rob Lowe because he loves Halifax. Isn't that but crazy? But there's some big old idiots in that group Yeah, there definitely is. But like, but John Hamm's a good guy slash baseball True, player, yeah. I think. And um, George Clooney. Where did I see good guy. John Hamm turn up recently? We were watching something and suddenly John Hamm was on screen. Well, he turned up in, in uh, Last Man on Earth briefly. Oh, really? super briefly okay uh geez what else did he turn up in that we were watching and uh i'm not it's not going to come to his voice actually he did a a, like a small voiceover and such a weird part of legion which we watched the first episode of 
Man, watch that show if you just want your brain to fire off. I was going to ask you if like you were if you were still as psyched minutes. about Legion as you were last year because we watched it last year and you went all in. It was your favorite show for ten weeks in a row. It was, yeah. And but toward the end, it started getting super confusing mm. and very like. Even for me, someone who likes a very like Twilight Zoney kind yep. of like I don't know exactly where we are or yeah. what's happening. It's getting really, really deep. Okay. And I'm trying That's cool to, that they're doing that. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's like like good on them for yeah. not just making it as easy as possible they're to follow. They're not playing it safe. No. Yeah. And there's a lot of episodes that make you feel like, what did I just watch? Like doesn't nothing was tied up there at all. It was just like very confusing. I heard Aubrey Plaza's uh making a play for the Emmy. I heard that she's like really crushing it. Yeah, she's definitely good in it. Yeah. Yep. Everyone's really good in it. It's cool. crazy. Dan Stevens in it is insane. It's still weird when he speaks with an American accent. For yeah. Me. But meanwhile, I haven't seen him in anything as a British person. Do we talk about how I think he should be James Bond? Yeah, I think we did. I still think that. Yeah. <laughs> Stand by that. I still feel that way. Yeah. I uh, think the next James Bond, uh, this is a prediction, is going to be really shitty. Ooh, really? You mean the next uh, Daniel Craig James Bond? Yes. Because that's his next project. He said that last week. I don't think we talked about it. His uh, next project officially is Bond 25. Right. So you think it's going to go out with a whimper? Yeah, because he thought, I think he thought the last one was going to be his, his last Bond movie. And, and it, it sucked. It, I don't, did it suck? Yeah. You it, said that with a lot of passion. I just remember walking out and thinking, oh my God, how did this come after Skyfall? I mean, Skyfall was, like, was freaking amazing. Yeah. It was like seriously a top three Bond movie of all time. It might be my favorite Bond movie of all time. It, it just felt like it went back to an era of like Pierce Brosnan kind of like cheesiness. Yep. And Quantum of Solace is only good if you watch it back to back with Casino Royale. It's yeah. only good if you like do a double feature. It's not good as a standalone James Bond movie. And James Bond movies are supposed to be serialized. But it's not cheesy. It's just like very hardcore like right. and violent. Yes. Which I'm okay with. Like I'm okay with yeah. there being a standalone violent one. I would I would rather that than like it's not fun. Someone though. surfing a car into yeah, like. Yeah, but a... you got to toe the line with James Bond. You have to have fun watching a James Bond movie. Yeah. And so really, he's made four of them so far, and two of them were really quite amazing. Yeah, and two of them were super underwhelming. Mm -hmm. uh, so it'd be nice if he could tie the, he could uh, break the tie. Yeah, just because like right now he stands to be appreciated as one of the better James Bonds ever yep. in a fifty-two year film history. It'd be nice if he could outweigh his good ones with his, or his bad ones with his good ones. I wonder who the villain's gonna be. Do we know that yet? I don't know. We already burned Christoph Waltz and uh, yeah. Javier Bardem. Yeah. Yeah, it, he should have left one of them alive. Should be uh, Millie uh, Bobby Brown. Ever. I think she should be the... That would be really out oh, there. Oh, that would be crazy. Or like a psycho little girl. James Bond has to decide whether or not he should kill her. Child villain. Yeah. Interesting. And it's his kid. Ah, of course. Whoa. You'll know because she's Scottish. Right. <laughs> Is that a Scottish accent? That must you? be my child. Yeah. I have fucked everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jessica Chastain has confirmed she's going to be in the It sequel. Oh, neat. Which I think was a bit of a fan creation. Oh, okay. I think the fans kind of willed that to happen. Like It's like a Reddit thing gone crazy. Sort of. So like It is split in two different uh, sections. Mm -hmm. uh, one in which the kids are kids and the next in which they've come back as adults because the Pennywise is back. Is that how it goes? I think so. I think so. And so there's one like little girl who has red hair. So everybody was like, well, this movie is huge. They're going to have it. Yeah. <laughs> she should be uh, Jessica Chastain as an adult. And so that's happening. Great. Uh, and then there's two more who aren't confirmed, but they are rumored right now, which mm -hmm. are James McAvoy 
and Bill Hader. Whoa, Bill Hader. Yeah. That's crazy. Bill so Hader doing happen. big things. You, you were saying you watched the, the last episode of Barry. Yeah, there's four now. And you thought it was insane and dark. Uh, no, oh. not, not, not like, uh, violent dark. Have you caught up? No. Okay. I'm two episodes in. Uh, I've, it's been all over the map. Right. Like, uh, there's been very yeah, little. The, the second episode was so zany in yeah, comparison. It was. There's, yeah. It's much sillier. In fact, I, th- I think the first episode is the darkest episode. Okay. But there is some, uh, character stuff in the fourth episode. There's some like emotional stuff mm-hmm. that is uncomfortable. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. It, like it kind of t- it kind of advances the characters a lot. Wow! It, it, it like really it, it moves them along a little bit personal personality wise. I think Barry. I haven't watched the new season of Atlanta yet, so I think I'm reserving right. uh, this title. But otherwise, I think Barry's the best show on TV right now. Wow! I think it's phenomenal. All right. Yeah. There you go. I I usually know that when you're following along with the show. Yeah. <laughs> because you so rarely are like I'm going to finish this off. What does that mean? Well, you'll give a show your S. Yes. Yeah, but at the end of the year, there's only like five or six shows that I think we did that you're like so many hours in the day. You're right. I just do a lot less with my time, and I don't have one of your sketchy little boxes that just brings all entertainment down from space. I don't know what to tell you about that, except you can get one. Yeah, I guess I could. You're probably right. Uh, Josh Brolin confirmed he's going to be in three more Deadpool movies. Okay, and already I'm going. Was he in the first one? No, he's in the next one. He's right. in the new one. He's playing Cable. So Deadpool and Cable are arch nemeses, right? Okay. They're Batman and the Joker. A little mm-hmm. more comical than that, obviously. But yeah. uh, he looks cool in it. He said, I'm going to come back for three more, which is frustrating mm-hmm. because... <laughs> Already, you know he definitely lives past the that's first movie. Right. Yeah, and like villains are not a surefire survivor. Right. Right? So that's a huge spoiler. I already can feel Deadpool becoming Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Like the first movie is just awesome. And right. although I think it's super overrated, I'm proud to say it. Yeah. It's okay. really fun. Uh, and so the company is just like, let's keep making these forever. Mm-hmm. And the joke's getting tired. I know. Already. I, have I told you my theory on kids being more annoying because they're watching Deadpool? No, please tell me. <laughs> no, it's just, I'm worried that we're going to live in a world where kids are being super sarcastic and dry a la Deadpool. <laughs> Like to a whole, because there's never been like a superhero right. that was so clearly like the person to follow that kids would want to morph their personality around this like is Deadpool. Truly, and like I can be grumpy sometimes. This is truly the most curmudgeonly thing you've ever said. <laughs> Deadpool is a bad influence for kids today. Is just what you said. Not a bad influence. Yes, it is. They're gonna be. They're gonna disrespect their elders because they watch Deadpool. You're twisting. Are you my, getting married? You're twisting my words. <laughs> you are twisting my words. Right. I just picture walking with a kid and being like, "Hey, you want to get ice cream?" And him be like, "Hmm, ice cream. Uh, let's get some chimichangas." Daddy like. Uh, I, I don't know. This is why I'm never going for ice cream with a child. <laughs> Good lord. I'm sad that that's ruined for you. <laughs> Hey, Kendrick Lamar won a Pulitzer Prize. I saw that. Isn't that crazy? Good for him. So the Pulitzer Prize for music has never gone to anything other than jazz and classical. Right. So not only is it the first one in hip hop, it's the first one in like listenable music. Didn't didn't Bob Dylan get one or was that not for music? He won it for poetry. 
Oh, or maybe it's literature. I think right. he won it for literature because, uh, and aren't all these things literature? I right. think he won it for literature because that was the controversy. Right. Like if somebody said Bob Dylan won it for music or even poetry, nobody would have a problem with that. Right. But I think he won it for literature and everybody was like, why? Right. No one's like that with Kendrick Lamar, are oh, they? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh a lot, yeah. of, lot of haters. Buddy, do you think racism doesn't exist? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I went in. For a second, I lived in a world where you, where you everything from, was totally fine. You saw the world with such rose-colored glasses yeah, there right. for a second. Mm-hmm. Of course. There's, there's still so many people with, I mean, endless examples of how rap can be as extraordinary as any other form of music, if not more so. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are still so many people who just say you can't spell rap without crap or whatever which isn't true but they're idiots so they say right. that <laughs> um, more like crap music well that's what people say right oh the pulitzer prize is going to shit too right <laughs> this thing that i treasured so closely oh does the he pulitzer just talk about prize. and this is they, they, they're like white people who hate rap music uh, and love NASCAR. They still uh, lean on the oh, is he just talking about bitches and hoes all the time? They nobody says bitches and hoes more than white people who hate rap music. Right. <laughs> I man, you've heard more of these arguments lately than I have. For sure. I just I I have this this really insidious horrible thing where I. I know when a tweet is going to garner uh, vitriol, mm-hmm. and then I click to expand. Oh yeah, that's a bad call. I don't know why I do it. That's such a bad call. It's like it's like I'm playing a game with myself where yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this one can garner vitriol. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Maybe everyone's gonna be really supportive of it. Yeah, that's a game I want to lose. Nope. Yeah. Want to talk about shows? Yeah, let's get into it. It's my turn to go first. I haven't decided which one I want to to recap. You're going to need to do that, good friend. I think I'm going to have to decide. I have decided (laughs) that I'm going to recap the pilot episode of Lost in Space, the new Netflix reboot. Lost in Space. I will go on go. Three, two, one. Go. The Robinsons are lost in space. They find themselves in this big snowy place, and uh, the daughter, Judy, uh, tries to go down to see if she can fetch the ship, which is buried underneath ice, and she gets stuck. So the father and son go off to see if they can find magnesium, because that's all they can use to melt all the ice and rescue the daughter. The father and son get separated. The son climbs up a tree to escape a scary robot monster, but then the forest catches on fire. The robot monster actually rescues him, takes him back to the family's camp, and helps to rescue the daughter. Uh, meanwhile, there are flashbacks flashbacks to when they lived on earth yeah that was good this pilot was dope it was good i loved it yeah. I, I was i was like through i so loved that I, I was able to just like sit down and watch an hour of drama that didn't feel like a chore yeah lately a lot of hour-long shows are just a real slog for me yeah i thought it was good i thought um i wasn't quite i don't know I don't know that I loved it. Okay. But it was, uh, and the whole time I was like, is this where Danger Will Robinson comes from? Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. And I found out at the very end. It wasn't until, yeah. I knew his name was Will and I knew their name was Robinson. Yeah. It wasn't until he said, I'm Will Robinson that I realized, oh, that robot's going to say Danger Will Robinson. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know it was a, a like, it, it's like a robot alien that he saves, which is kind of the sketchiest call ever. But yeah, so this is what the robot looked like in the '60s TV show. I wanted to look that up too. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> he looks like a washing machine. That's incredible. He's quite scary looking in this. He kind of looks like Predator. He does kind of look like Predator. He's got one eye. Yeah. Um, and like lights, and he's also apparently a human microwave. 
and you kind of yeah. wonder what the rest of his talents are. It's so convenient that he's just like, I can warm everyone up. And he understands English. Yeah. Which is kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. And he's like the pet to the kid. Yeah. What did you think about the whole... Okay, so all of that happens. And then at the very end of the show, mm. it does a flashback to them evacuating the like International Space Station. Is that a flashback or is that happening meanwhile? No, because it says... 12 hours later and it shows it shows the robinsons also evacuating oh i missed that I missed oh okay away. and they're like seems like a bit of an overreaction she's like oh it's standard protocol but they know? make like a real point out of uh like doing a a one shot of parker posey and she's like i'm dr smith yeah and so you're like you're supposed to know who dr smith is and yeah. so i guess dr smith has been played by men in the past it was uh, a show in 1965 it was a movie with gary oldman mm-hmm. in uh in and he played dr smith in 1998 so it's been revamped a couple of times, Lost in Space. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I didn't really know what to think of that. But it did occur to me when, I think it was Will, he referred to Earth as home. And she corrected him. She's like, not home. Earth isn't your home anymore. Right. And I was like, what is the virtue in telling your kid not to talk about his home as home unless Earth is truly gone? Right. It's not there anymore. Yeah. And, and did you also realize that the alien that was kind of blowing all shit up on this international space station was exactly like yeah. the alien that saves. Yeah. That oh, they're the enemy saving. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Although obviously this alien becomes a friend to the Robinsons. Yeah. And it's going to be a character throughout the show, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So here's what I didn't realize about mm-hmm. lost in space. It's Swiss family Robinson. Yeah. I was, that's gonna, why they're named I, Robinson. I would. Yeah. I was going to ask you what the parallels between that are, because I, as soon as the show started, I was like, Okay, so a bunch of Robinsons get lost. It seems like there's probably this is just another take on Swiss Family. It's just Robinson. survival, and it brings them all together. Like they're quite disparate, right? At the right. beginning, like the parents are like maybe going to divorce, and uh, it's just like kind of a, a a staleness in their family, a coldness, yeah. and this is going to bring them all together. Which is what Swiss Family Robinson is. The only issue is if Earth isn't there anymore, mm-hmm. that really takes away the Swiss Family Robinson parallel, because of course civilization exists outside of the island that they're stranded on right yeah and there's not really anywhere to go back to right yeah yes so it seems like they kind of just have to make this their home also what did you think about the spaceship at the beginning of the show did you think when they were making the show someone was like what do we make the spaceship look like and someone's like i don't know just the fucking millennium falcon i guess (laughs) it didn't really look like the millennium falcon to me well it was just that shape it was like kind of like a horseshoe-ish like yeah but maybe does it look like the ship in the original show? Maybe. Which would have come out before, Ooh, before, yeah, before Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. That's I don't know. Possible. We I could look know. that up too. If it's anything like what we just saw the robot is supposed to or the robot alien is supposed to look like, no. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Show, <laughs> it would have been a flying box. The show was very, very corny looking, I think. Mm-hmm. It was very, very chilly. And uh, chilly? Very silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when... Uh, the guy who plays the dad, uh, poor man's Michael Fassbender, was promoting yes. this show. He uh, said that the original show is charming, but that it doesn't hold up. Like he was okay saying that. That yeah. this is kind of reclaiming the drama that was supposed to exist in Lost in Space. Sure, Lost in Space is not a good name, by the way. No, especially especially if it's a Swiss Family Robinson retelling, you could call it Space Family Robinson. <laughs> it was a missed opportunity. It was. They couldn't figure that out in the sixties. <laughs> uh, do we? 
know at all and maybe we're not supposed to know maybe we're not supposed to ask maybe it's 2018 and i am again i i'm already yelling at kids to get off my lawn apparently and stop watching deadpool a little bit but the fact that they have one biracial kid is that ever explained i don't know i don't think that's i don't think that's original content i think that's just because the only people we're almost ever going to see on this show are a family and they need to get their racial quota in. I mean, I hate to say it, but they wow. do. And yeah. they could have they could have re- they could have cast somebody other than Parker Posey, I guess, mm-hmm. if they wanted to get a little bit. Who is Parker it. Posey again? Actress. Just a just an actress. Yeah. You didn't recognize her? I kind of recognized her, but I'm not sure from what. Yeah. I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. She kind of reminded me of the the crazy girl from uh Breakfast Club. Totally. She looks like Ali Sheedy. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Right age, too. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Interesting. So maybe they end up. Well, I guess Doctor Smith is also going to end up on that island. That's probably the whole point of There's this show. There's going to be some overlap. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the use of Moby Dick was a little on the nose. Yes. Like she, like the two sisters are like one of the sisters thinks she's going to die, and the other one is just reading to her mm-hmm. from from Moby Dick just to kind of keep them calm or whatever. And Moby Dick is about like survival and hunger in the face of tremendous peril and man versus nature is just like a little too too good for what they're doing right now mm-hmm. while they're lost in space yeah i call I, me ishmael i <laughs> i'm gonna call you ishmael on that one okay pull um, the trigger and call me ishmael <laughs> but i'm gonna pull that trigger all right i uh i've actually never read moby dick so i can't even really speak to it i you know what it's about though <laughs> yeah it's about a big whale and a man yeah yeah um <laughs> <laughs> that's all why well, read all a I'm thousand gonna, pages that's all i'm gonna give you <laughs> um i didn't know that everyone in the family was going to be a genius especially the little boy yeah it was actually he knows all about magnesium it was actually kind of interesting and did the girl just remember moby dick or was she actually reading it i think she must have been like reading it on like the screen in her helmet or something because uh, okay. the sister said do you have any books with you and she's she like said, I, I have, have some it. well and she says this weird line where she's like i have some of the best books ever with me Dickens ah. and like she just said like she knew she has them memorized <laughs> yeah I also have love yeah and she was like does doesn't the other girl ask and it, this line gets kind of overlooked doesn't she ask like do you have anything like really scandalous no I didn't hear her say that does she, does she say <laughs> scandalous or like trashy oh. she's like I've got Moby Dick well see like that's what I meant like <laughs> yeah I, if I was trapped under ice and running out of oxygen I'd uh, way rather listen to something trashy than Moby Dick. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You'd want, uh, would you want like Harry Potter? Oh, Harry Potter. Even Harry Potter's a little too intense, I think. Like, it's <laughs> sad. It's about, a, it's about survival. Yeah. Like, I'd right. want to hear, like, uh, I don't know, what's something I like. I want to hear, like, Judy Bloom or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honestly, I would want to hear, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. <laughs> Have you ever read that book before? No, not what better time than now? <laughs> sure. Who wants okay. to, you can't You're die like... never having read Moby Dick or Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. <laughs> An excellent point. It's uh, important. All right. A trope that exists in a lot of action adventure is when somebody falls down a pit and then they slide down something that is perfectly smooth and safe. Yes. That happened to Will Robinson. Out to the other side. Out the other side. And he's perfectly like no spikes or... Or stalagmites or anything in this tunnel. He just right. sm- slides down like no, it's a pirate's cave. No pirate's concussion. Yeah. yeah, he's po- perfectly good. Yeah. And that seems it, like a flume ride. Right. It seems unrealistic to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they are lost in space. And like, there's a lot of, you know, 
I love that that was the thing that you picked out. What was the saying you told me like a year ago about realism in a show? Or it was like realism in a story. And it was like you can you can basically... It was essentially saying, you know, you can paint an entire world uh, of ridiculousness. Right. But if there's, if you turn on the, the news and. Yeah. What was that? that? Issue, it was, was just, something Aaron Sorkin talked about in yeah. his masterclass, which I watched all of. Right. I'll it, have to read it. It was very concise and like yeah. a great way of putting it. But, but I feel like that's what you just pointed out. Like yes. the point where you were like, wait a second, this is too unrealistic. Right. Was a little boy sliding. What through. it is, is, uh. Probable impossibilities mm. are, are better than improbable possibilities. Right. So turning on the news and the newsman just happens to be talking at the beginning of exactly what you needed to hear right. is a improbable possibility. It could happen, but it's ridiculous. Yes. Whereas something that couldn't possibly happen, but if it did, this is how it would happen, is way more palatable to right. a consumer of fiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what the other trope that happens a lot in these shows is, are, um, is when... It shows it'll go like first scene, and then it'll it'll be like five months earlier. Yeah, <laughs> and you get like all the backstory, and then it goes back, and then you're jumping all around. I guess through the season they're gonna tell us exactly how they came to be lost in space. Right through a series of flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Did you find when their dad came home from his secret mission with the military at Christmas? Yep. Like they were excited, but their reaction was still a little underwhelming. Well, I think that's kind of going to be explored a little bit in the show, too, because I think they all feel a little let down by him, the fact that he's never around. Yeah, definitely the wife does. And so they, yeah, and so I think there's also an element of them kind of like, we can't get that excited because dad's going to go away again. Right, that's fair. Mm. When they were trying to uh, break free Judy... And they needed to keep the torch lit, the magnesium lit, in order to melt the mm -hmm. ice. And then it started to rain, and it seemed like all hope was lost. Mm -hmm. Did they really not have anything that could block the rain? <laughs> I said that. I was saying that as it was happening. She was like, oh, no, are you telling me it's raining? You don't have a tarp or something? I, I thought, like, couldn't even the girl just kind of, like, go on all fours above the mom and dad shoveling yeah. and block the rain a little bit. That's what I was thinking. And it wasn't raining so much that it was so ridiculous to like stop digging. They're no. like, Oh, it's over. And all of a sudden it just freezes really quick. I guess once I, your magnesium gets wet, you're in trouble. That's right. Wet magnesium is not good. That's my big takeaway. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I'm really excited to watch the next one. Yeah. I think it'll be I cool. I think I'm going to do it. You give it your S. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I really thought you'd be on the same page as me. I loved it. I, it yeah, it was a different kind of show. I wasn't I wasn't sure what to expect. You know, here's, I think, what it is. I don't like the fact that the world is so similar to our world. Mm -hmm. Like, there's mountains and snow and also, like, trees and vegetation. Yeah. But I guess it, it needs to be like a Goldilocks planet like Earth. It's a in probable order to... impossibility. That's right. You don't have a problem when it's Star Wars. No, because... Yeah, you're right. It just seems like they spread that across a bunch of different planets. Like there is a an Arctic planet and like a desert planet and yeah. uh, I don't know. The Elements fact that it's... Uh, with which we're familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I really recommend The New Lost in Space on Netflix. Mm -hmm. uh, are you going to start the next one? Yes. Of course you are. That's the format of the podcast. That's right. Recap the pilot episode of the new NBC sitcom Champions. In three, two, one, go. 
Okay, so uh, Anders Holm is trying to sell his gym champions to move to Florida. He owns the gym with his brother, who is Andy Favreau, brother of John Favreau. Uh, they are going to – the brother doesn't know. Then – Mindy Kaling comes in and basically drops her son off because her son wants to go to private school in New York. He ends up living with the family. He ends up realizing that he can't sell the gym and ends up living with the son, Michael. He is John Favreau's brother? Yeah, that was the, I felt like I had to put that in the recap. So the whole gag about how he's the more handsome, more physically active brother is really bang on. It's kind of true, yeah. Holy moly, he doesn't even look the same generation. No. No, he looks like he's 26. I didn't know how I felt about that character because on the one hand, I found most of this show to be very uh, emotionally nuanced and genuine for a network sitcom. Yep. Like I thought like it was pretty grounded. Yeah. Uh, but that character felt so networky. He felt so like wacky best friend. Yeah. There but always have, has to be the Joey Tribbiani. And that it's exactly the, who he is. Yeah. Although he was quite charming and funny. What did he say that was like very, very... Uh, I don't know. I, I wrote it he, down somewhere, but he, he had some really good lines when he's talking to the, the he, kid. He cares so much. He's not self-absorbed. Right. Although he, he's very attractive. And, right. um, so he cares so much, not self-absorbed. And he's also very like, com like very unaware of how, um, I guess like feminine he can be. Yeah. Like he could be like, Oh my God, I loved, um, whatever super insert, like, super feminine movie here yeah and it would just come off as like i remember the bit i liked it yeah, was about it. the uh the protein jugs where he's got one that he keeps change and he's got one where he he has like pack, potting soil or something and that other one where he keeps his protein powder. yeah they're good for three things <laughs> yeah so. i thought that was very very funny yeah you're right actually because he does have uh a, a high maintenance kind of personal care regime mm -hmm. which i think will probably be uh relatable to the frankly very effeminate young boy who's come to live with them right yeah and and the other the other brother and uh what's his name in the show uh the the main guy yeah is it vince vince yeah. yes it is vince um vince is like Kind of a womanizer, tries to be a tough guy. Is he a womanizer? I mean, I guess he's got the girlfriend he doesn't really care about. Yeah. I like when she yeah, says, I'm getting not... engaged. Engaged to who? My career. Right. I thought that was funny. <laughs> um, and he's, yeah. Yeah, he just, <laughs> I don't know. He seems, like I have like 18 thoughts running through my head The right thing now. in the beginning, the cold open of the whole series, yes. where the guy comes in, because uh, Vince has been sleeping with his wife, and he they have to talk him out of shooting Vince. Right. I thought that was like it didn't it didn't stay in line with the rest of the show. No, you're right, and it doesn't stay in line throughout throughout the rest of the series. Right. There's like five episodes deep, and that was just such a weird, intense way to. Enter. It was just a weird way for them to expose a lot about the characters. Yeah. Uh, in like this kind of absurd way, and mm -hmm. it was funny, but it wasn't the same comedic sensibility as the rest of the series. No. So this is uh, a Mindy Kaling project in some capacity? Yes. Uh, so she's like one of the producers on it. I think she wanted to be, now that she's a mom, she wanted to be involved in a show again. But about motherhood, too. About motherhood, but didn't want to be in like every single episode. She's good in it. She is, yeah. I like seeing Mindy Kaling play a character who's not the nutball. Like she's, yes. kind of the, she's kind of the straight person in it. Right. Which I think is very cool. Mm -hmm. uh, my big Mindy Kaling thing right now is I'm so excited for Ocean's 8. 
Oh, because there's going to be the all-female cast, and she's going to be one of the people. Yeah, the trailers look so good. Oh, I haven't seen any yet. I had never seen an Oceans movie until three nights ago. Really? Yeah. That surprises me. It's it's stupid. You must have really liked it. It's ridiculous. I watched Oceans 11, and I had a ball. It's a good, good, fun movie. It's really, really cool. So now I'm looking forward to the new one. Mm Mm-hmm. And, well, you should watch Oceans 12 and 13. I already ordered the DVDs. <laughs> Why? Because it was $9 for all four. Okay. Uh, including the Frank Sinatra one. So I was like, oh, uh, nice. I was going to say four? Yeah. Yeah. They, they were all good watches. No, I know. You get, you get Elliot Gould. Yeah, you get, he's pretty crazy in it. Yeah. You get I'm wondering, is the there going to be some man. kind of crossover at some point? Like, if they do Oceans 9, will the ninth be. I don't know, Julia Roberts or something? Wouldn't that be kind of crazy? She's like, listen, I've dealt with people like this before. And then she kind of just turns and winks at the camera. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, uh, Sandra Bullock is playing Debbie Ocean, so they're they're related because it's an Ocean's movie. Oh, right. Yeah. She's like... The sister, I think. So she'll have to like pull down her sunglasses at one point and be like, Danny Ocean would say, suck it. (laughs) Yeah. And then just... Walk you should really the write the sequel. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm not feeling sharp tonight. <laughs> it's okay. I think it's been a good one so far. You're just so in love because you got engaged. That's right. Right. My mind's just on wedding venues. That's right. Are you looking into that, by the way? You got wedding venues? Yeah, we actually out? are. We made a, a guest list last night. Oh, holy moly. Well, yeah, because like you realize you can't really do anything wedding planning wise until you know how many people are going to be. So there. are you going to be like one of those three invited? people? I'm invited? Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's so cool. And Becky. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's nice. Uh, are you going to be one of those 300 guest kind of weddings? Uh, right now, our number is 170. I think that's good. I think you, you did think a pretty good, good job. We, I have 51 people in my family, and Jen has 41 people. Okay. See, that's so interesting to me, because like, I love my family, and I have like, I have a big family, I guess, but I, I don't imagine I could scrape up 51 family members. No? See, there's seven... Uh, seven people on my dad's side of the family and plus my grandma. Yeah. So he's got six brothers and sisters. My mom has four brothers and sisters and then their kids. Yep. So cousins and then so on. But do you have a cutoff at some point in your family where you go, uh, these, these cousins won't be offended if I don't invite them. No, no first cousins. I didn't say that about any first cousins. No, I wouldn't exclude any first cousins either. Second cousins. I don't have any second cousins in there. I do have some second cousins that I think I would invite. That you're like kind of tight with? Yeah, I mean, I at least have a couple of second cousins I'm I'm legitimately tight with. And cool. then I have tons of second cousins who I don't know at all. Sure. I, I'm not tight with any of my second cousins. Right. I think they're all in like Cape Breton or... Well, uh, anyway, if you're, I, if you're under 200 people, I'm pretty sure that's considered quite good. Awesome. Yeah. I, although like, you know, we were talking about looking at, at uh, booking like Banook Canoe Club. That's a good one. It's good. Yeah. It only has 120 people. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Man, that's brutal. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. So, so yeah, we got to figure that out. The we lesson is when we're going to get don't married. Don't know so many people. You got to know fewer you gotta, people. Who is it that said "kill your darlings"? I think it was Allen Ginsberg. I think. It, <laughs> okay. I think it was him. That's what we're going to have to do. I hope it was Allen Ginsberg. If it was, I just sounded so smart. I was gonna. It was either that or like uh, like um, James Hetfield in a Metallica song. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I always get those guys confused. Kill your darling. Uh, kill your. I'm googling it. Kill okay. your darlings. Is 
uh, phrase first uttered in 1944 by poet Allen Ginsberg of the Beat Generation. Wow, you killed Motherfucker. it. Motherfucker. You killed it. Yes. 44 was the Beat Generation? It's when he first said it. I think the Beat Generation was like more Vietnam. Yeah. It was after. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, what else to say about champions? When at the end, the kid goes to the art school uh, audition mm-hmm. because he wants to get into art school because he loves musical theater and he wants to live in New York. Uh, first of all, I think the audition that he gives would not get any kid into art school. <laughs> no. He just sang We Are the Champions and played piano. It was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. Uh, and I also think that the show's called Champions and he sang We Are the Champions was just too much. A little on the nose. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and Champions is the name of the gym. Yep. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of like a another... It really is kind of another take on... Um, what was it? The Mindy Project. Uh, there is a staff room full of uh, interesting characters. Yeah, that helped to contribute to each storyline. Fortune, Feimster. Fortune Feimster is Oh yeah, she's an overlap. Yeah, she's an overlap. Mindy must love her. And uh, uh, Vince is an overlap. He was engaged to Mindy. Yes, on that in, on in the, the show. show, he was like a, a cool preacher. Speaking of uh, Mindy Project, did you watch Adam Pally present at the Shorties? No, I haven't watched that yet. Oh, man. Go go! just, everybody just go YouTube Adam Pally Shorties. He had to present an award at what are basically the award shows for people who are good on Instagram. Right. And he was making no effort to hide his complete despair Hatred. over where we've come uh, in this world. I don't, I'm really sure why contractually he had to be there because he is fundamentally against I think award shows in general, certainly this one, because yeah. the idea is like there is no art here. Right. Uh, and he is just like, they definitely, whoever was directing that show was going, fuck, 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 get him off Why the stage. Why do we have him here? It was kind of like, it was kind of like a Patty Chayefsky moment, like a uh, mad as hell, not going to take it anymore. Like right. this guy is like having a meltdown on television. Yeah. He's very sad. <laughs> wow. But, it, but it's funny. And like, cause he's Adam Pally, he's like really funny. And, yeah. Does he laugh about it at all, or is he like, he's, is his face like angry? No, he's kind of laughing about it, kind of like, like, oh god, yes, it's yeah. kind of like. But he's like, he's deeply troubled by it. Wow. Did you look at a list of other presenters? Like, were there other big presenters, or was he just kind of? He wasn't hosting one? it. I no. don't know who else was there, but like the award he gave out after like a long diatribe went to GoPro. And this douchebag with a GoPro gets up on stage. He's like live taping it with a GoPro. And he's like, oh, thanks for that really crazy intro. And he's just like the biggest bro. Uh, yeah. And, and Adam Pally's totally, like, oh, he totally okay. didn't get the irony. And, and Adam Pally had talked about how this, this previous winner earlier in the night who I didn't see talked in her acceptance speech about how she quit college to start uh, gaming full time. Right. And he's like, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then everybody yeah. cheered. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's funny. Definitely go look at it, but it's also like an important thing to consume. I think. Right. right. Now. Okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. You know what's crazy is the amount of small kids that want to YouTube professionally. It. I think it's like statistically like the, the number the, one, the thing. biggest dream job yeah. of kids today. That's so crazy. It's wild. Yeah. It's interesting too that YouTube kind of took on a new purpose. Like we still look at YouTube as just the place to find whatever video you might be looking for. Yeah, we could watch like, Lazy Sunday on there. Anytime you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and YouTube's been around since like 2006 or something. Yep. Uh, but it's had this like revamp where it's become the, like, I, aside from maybe like Snapchat and Instagram, which have their own values to the youngest generation, but YouTube is still very vibrant. Yep. Whereas like young people don't give a shit about Facebook. Mm-hmm. They're not even on it. But YouTube has remained relevant. Mm-hmm. And they can still get free content 
that has all of the the R-rated content that they might not be getting from network television. Yeah. And don't even get me started on like Twitch. I know. Because that's a whole other thing. Even like... Well, that's what this girl's talking about who accepted the award. I don't know if she video games naked or like, what, but I'm that exists. so passionate about playing video games God live. Of War, God of War and also flirting with nerds who like, could never get this. Yeah, like why would... Why would people want to tune into someone unless they're, I guess, just really good and you can learn something from it? I, I can only equate it to how it's fun to watch LeBron James play basketball because he's so amazing at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are certain people who are like, I just finished playing uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild on, on right. Switch. And I've never been a video gamer, but I did. I've always had an affection for Zelda. And I'm not a good video gamer, mm-hmm. but I, I've worked really hard at it and I got good at it and I beat the game. Uh, and so I also looked up on YouTube a speed run of it, and I found a guy who beat the game in 45 minutes. Whoa. And Did you watch it? It took me seven months to beat it. And I watched the 45 minutes, and it was stunning. Really? It was like, it was, it was jaw-dropping. Wow. And so I guess that's an example of what they're doing it for. It's yeah. like, it's, it's a sport to mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And there is a skill to it, yep. but it's frivolous. <laughs> Do you think it's like Olympics, like... 2032 or something that we're like, all right. And in the live gaming baby, there's already Olympics for gaming that hasn't merged with Olympics yet, but it's pretty crazy. Wow. This is, we're going to look back on this. Jen's going to look back on this posthumously. (laughs) (laughs) We are, we're definitely really antiquating this podcast in a couple of years. If anybody goes back and listens to this, they're like, Oh, these guys, (laughs) this sounds so fucking old. Yeah. This guy hated Deadpool because he thought it was going to ruin kids. <laughs> because it was making kids saucy. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's quoting Ginsburg. You, that's true. What an interesting episode of the show show. It's because right. you're getting married, I think. I think so, too. Uh, okay, what else do I have here for notes? Oh, they refer to Les Mis. He <laughs> says it's not a book. It's a movie and a play. It is a book by Victor Hugo. Right. Um, yeah, that's, I guess that's all I, I really had to say. It was good. That was funny. I didn't rewatch it, which I probably should have. I just didn't have time today. Yeah. Um, but the every episode has kind of held up. They've all been. I've all. I've laughed at all of them. I don't have high hopes for the fate of this show because there's just no press for it. I don't yeah. know if they're putting any kind of promotion behind it, which matters. I looked at the so the first episode had like one point nine million or like two million viewers. The second episode had three million viewers. The f- third and fourth episode had like 1.9 and 1.6 okay so like i mean i don't know i don't think that's good but i don't really have a good metric for what... and it's got like a 67 on rotten tomatoes yeah like i just don't know i don't know if it's enough to keep going on nbc well all the more reason for us to really push it then watch champions yeah. on nbc it's really very we both give it our ass totally give it my ass good. it's really fun it's yeah. like a really good show it has a lot of potential yeah uh and uh chuck Lorre doesn't have to be the standard no. For networks that comes. That should be our new tagline. Chuck Lorre doesn't have to be the standard. <laughs> yeah. We always make it cool. I'm still mad as hell and I won't back down. <laughs> Chuck Lorre sucks. Yeah, it's us right. changing uh, the Dixie Chick song. The Dixie Chick song. To be about Chuck Lorre. To be about Chuck Lorre. Right. He is our he's he's our George Bush. Remember when it was like really controversial for country singers to go on TV and say, We're mad at the president? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is just a totally different world in which we live. It's insane. Uh, Will Smith tweeted uh, to Martin Lawrence. <laughs> okay. He said, are you ready for Bad Boys 3? Whoa. So maybe it's going to happen after all. Do you think he was just like sitting on his couch and was like, I'm 
bored. Yeah, I need to be in the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been like three days. Yeah, probably. Yeah. The same thing happened last night on Conan. Uh, Jeff Daniels is promoting something, and Jim Carrey crashed. And so it oh, was really? like a little Dumb and Dumber reunion. And seeing them two of them together, two of them together, was actually lovely. Like they care about each other. They they're like hugging them. and like they're really jazzed on seeing each other. Yeah. And they made a joke about how the second one wasn't well received, and they're like, ah, fuck them. And it was just fun. Sure. Good. It's nice to see when two people who have good chemistry are also pals. Yeah. And so a tweet like that from Will Smith is endearing, however uh, little trust you might find in it. And there's a, another Jeff Daniels show. I know. He's I know. like, he's been very active over Busy the last dude. little bit. Yeah. Well, I don't know if Godless is going to come back. Like, did it get renewed? I don't know if it if it could get renewed. Like, I have no idea the 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 way that series ended. You say could get renewed. I mean, they'd find a way. If it was popular enough, they'd find hey. a way. It's just not a lot of people talked about it. No. And it was only seven episodes. True. He's a busy guy. He is. But you know who is also a busy guy? Will Smith. And he's out there trying to get our trust. Yep. But what should we do? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Say it with us, everybody. Never Never trust trust Will Smith. Smith.